He closed the yawning gates of hell. The bars from heaven's high portals fell. Let hymns of praise his triumphs tell. The strife is o'er, the battle done. The victory of life is won. The song of triumph has begun. Let the people say, Alleluia. Please be seated. I'm sorry, I love that hymn. Isn't this an odd and wonderful thing that we all got up at 4.30 this morning to come to church and light a fire outside and parade inside and hear all these stories and sing these songs and celebrate the resurrection of our one Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, I think we need to remember how strange a thing Easter really is. I bet if you look through all of your photo albums, especially those of you who have uh, children, if you look through my mom's photo albums, you will see a picture that's probably familiar to you of me. Um, Not of me in your picture albums, but my mom's photo albums, you'll see pictures of me um, at Christmas time, sitting in Santa's lap, Of course, there's the one when I'm a baby, and then there's the one when I am aware of what's really happening, that a strange man in a red suit has me, and I am terrified and screaming. And you know, there's another one, too, where someone decided to put me in the lap of a grown man wearing a bunny suit, and yes, I am also screaming, but who can blame me, right? In principle, a kind, kindly, grandfatherly-looking old man in a red suit is conceivably not necessarily terrifying to a three-year-old. But a grown man in a bunny suit with white face paint on and drawn whiskers is objectively terrifying to most people. And you know, Easter was, was probably terrifying for my mom, too. I can imagine the prayers she said before she went to bed. I was the youngest of four children. And if you look in those same picture albums, it will soon be apparent to you that I was the family troublemaker. I was the the brat in residence. And I can just imagine my mom arising in the pre-dawn to get herself all fixed up and getting my siblings, who were still little children too, in their Easter outfits And boy, what outfits they were. The girls wore hats. The boys wore little suits with reversible vests. And my siblings were all really nice children, too, from what I hear. Mom would fix them up with a bowl of Cap'n Crunch, and they would sit and enjoy it and talk to one another. And then she would get me dotted up with my clip-on tie and my little man suit and put me in front of my bowl of Captain Crunch, and then five minutes later she would come back and the picture would have changed. I would have gotten into my Easter candy, smeared peeps all over my face, untucked my shirt, pulled my tie off. But still, I'm grateful for my mom that 
that she made Easter special every year. She made a big deal out of it. And I'm grateful that we still make a big deal out of it. I'm grateful that we do get up in the pre-dawn hours. I'm grateful that we have the Paschal fire. I'm grateful that we get to hear someone like Jamie sing one of the oldest prayers in Christendom. My favorite prayer of all, the exultet. I'm grateful that we get to do all this ancient, primal, strange stuff first thing Easter morning. I mean, think about it. We begin the morning by sitting in the dark, at least for a little while, before we get to celebrate the light. And it's something that our brothers and sisters, our, our forefathers and our foremothers have been doing for millennia. It's a feast that Christendom has been able to keep its own. Christianity has, as the saying goes, been able to keep Easter weird, as it were, celebrating the presence in the bright, bright light of Christ, a Christ really alive in the world. And this is a, this is a holiday that we, as a religion, still get to own in the world. Thanks be to God you don't go into Target and starting in February sometime hear Easter songs. I mean, no one really likes the song, Here Comes Peter Cottontail, do we? We still get to own Easter. But you know, we are not the first, as we heard in the Gospel today, we are not the first to experience the resurrection as something other than typical, as something weird, as something amazing and strange, maybe even a little terrifying. The last line of the Gospel says, So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Quite an odd thing to hear at church on this morning. Especially given all the, the fanfare and the proclamation of the risen Christ. They told no one what Mary and Mary Magdalene and Salome experienced on the day they found the tomb empty of their Lord, we ought to still experience. Jesus resurrected? Within Christendom's range of theological notions about what happened, even within that, we must hold on to the reality of an empty tomb. This is not always the easiest thing for humanity. But still, we can, we can kind of understand why this empty tomb and this messenger from the stranger... Jesus has been raised. 
He's not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. You will see him? That was odd. That was scary. All this talk that Jesus had shared with them of being raised up on the last day, it came true. They had to have said to one another as they walked away from the empty tomb, Jesus meant what He said. We too, like the young man in the tomb, must proclaim that resurrection happens. We too, like the women walking away in terror and amazement, perhaps must think to ourselves that Jesus meant what He said. Because within that is all of our hope, friends. Because even when we are in the dark, even when we are approaching the tomb, even when we are standing at the edge of the grave, staring death in the face, even when we are without any remnant of hope in our lives, that is the moment, that is the moment that we are commanded, we are taught. It is proclaimed by Christ today that light, the bright light of resurrection is going to show up. That's an eternal pattern that's been set for us on this Easter morn. And please, don't hear this as some kind of Pollyanna-ish optimism from your preacher, because it isn't. Remembering this is hard stuff, friends. I look out amongst you and I see people who, who have heard us say this very thing. When people you have loved the most in the world have been buried, we have looked you in the eye and we have said to you and we have said to one another that even at the grave, our song is what, friends? Alleluia. Alleluia. Alleluia, isn't it? Because on Easter morning, we say, out of death today comes resurrection. This sets a pattern for our lives that is different from anything that we might hear. When we are faced with the darkest things, we are commanded by the words that we follow in the gospel, by the prayers that we pray, to look for hope and to look for resurrection. That somewhere on the edge of everything, somewhere on the edge of darkest reality sometimes, sits resurrection itself. So wherever you are, my brothers and sisters in Christ, 
wherever you have been, wherever you are on your journey, whoever you are, hope is already here. So for those of you who are here for the first time, and for those of you who are here who are here for the tenth, the twentieth, maybe even the thirtieth time, you know who you are. My prayer for you, for all of us, is that we all can walk away from the empty tomb, terrified and amazed. And today, when we look beyond the fun and the brunches and the new outfits on the beautiful children and the candy and the sweetness and the hoopla and the ceremony, there sits for us on the edge of it all, on the middle, in the middle of it all, throughout it all, the glorious and amazing reality of resurrection and that we will keep seeing this glorious reality in happen in our lives and in the next life. Alleluia! Christ is risen! The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Alleluia. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Alleluia. Christ is risen.